So as I mentioned, the beginning of Advent, today, December 3rd, and for you uh, Latin scholars out there, the Latin for Advent means coming, the word coming. And so it's not, Advent isn't only just about getting ready to celebrate Jesus' first coming, but we anticipate the second coming of Jesus. And so that's what Advent is all about, the coming of Jesus, celebrating when he, what he already did and getting ready for him coming again. And so it's really a time of year to be waiting, but not just waiting, not just sitting around, but, pre but preparing, getting ready, staying awake like we've been talking about the last few weeks in the sermons as we get ready for Jesus' second coming. So the next four weeks, as we lead up to Christmas, we are going to talk about four passages from the book of Isaiah. So there's a couple facts here about Isaiah, just to give you some context. Isaiah was called to be a prophet of God. He is one of the major prophets of the Old Testament era. He prophesied during the years 740 to remember it goes backwards in BC 740 to like 600 BC so he a lot of the prophecies all of the prophecies that Isaiah made were you know 700 years before Jesus came and Isaiah prophesies a ton about Jesus the coming Messiah and so that's why we're going to take a look at four different passages from Isaiah and the one we're going to look at today is actually kind of a prayer. It's an Advent type of prayer, which is why I titled this an Advent prayer in Isaiah chapter 64. So a little bit more context here is what we are reading actually hasn't happened yet to the Israelites. But Isaiah is prophesying, thanks to the Holy Spirit, about what's going to be, going to happen to them. And so... He's warning them about being taken captive by the Babylonian Empire and calling them to repentance. But do they repent? No. They didn't listen. And so they eventually do get taken over by Babylon and taken captive. But this is a prayer in the midst of this. In Isaiah chapter 64... And it's really kind of a lament. You know, we have a book in the Bible called Lamentations. And a lament is, I like this definition, expresses people's fury over the desperate situations of this life. You know, it's okay to pray like that to God. That you're lamenting what's going on. And that's kind of what we get here in Isaiah chapter 64. So let's take a look at this. I, it's broken up into four parts here. And as we're going through this, keep this in mind. This is a way that you can pray during Advent, not just Advent anytime really, but especially during Advent as we get ready. It's a way to help us stay prepared, these four parts to this prayer. So here's the first part, verses 1 and 2. Oh, that you would rend the heavens and come down that the mountains might quake at your presence, as when fire kindles brushwood, and the fire causes water to boil, to make your name known to your adversaries, and that the nations might tremble 
at your presence. So this is a prayer for rescue. A prayer for deliverance. They want God to come down in a big way and make his presence known. You know, throughout the Bible, fire often accompanied the presence of God. You think about the burning bush, which we're actually talking about on Wednesday in the Advent service. The burning bush, the fire announced God's presence. The fire, at, as they went through the, the wilderness, God led them at night by the fire. So a lot of times, fire announced God's presence. But when we look at this prayer, they are lamenting, and it's a prayer of sorrow because they don't see this this presence. They don't see God acting in a big way right now. Remember, they're in captivity. And they want him to come down and deliver them from this. But this time there is no fire from God announcing his presence. There is only silence from God. You know, I think we can maybe identify with how the Israelites felt here. You think about your own life and maybe some of these questions you've either thought about or said or heard somebody else say. Why did God allow this to happen in my life? Why is God not acting and getting me out of this situation, out of this pain? Why is he not acting? Where is he? If you really are God, why don't you make your presence known? Why does it seem like bad things always happen to good people? You ever hear that? But God has always promised to be with us. And he has never broken a promise. So it's okay to pray like this. God can take it. He's got big enough shoulders to handle this. You know, we can pray, God, come and act. And rescue us, deliver us. It's okay to pray like that. But we also need to remember that God acts in his own way, at his own time. See, a lot of times we think God's being silent when in fact he's already answered us and we just didn't like the way he answered it. And so we think he's silent. Let's move on to the second part of this prayer. When you did awesome things that we did not look for, you came down, the mountains quaked at your presence. From of old, no one has heard or perceived by the ear. No eye has seen a God besides you who acts for those who wait for him. You meet him who joyfully works righteousness. Those who remember you in your ways. So here we have a prayer of remembrance. So the first part of the prayer, asking God to deliver us, and now we are remembering what God has done for us. And, that, and we can see how God, they are remembering how God has acted in their past by delivering them from the, the chains of slavery in Egypt, by guiding them through the desert. 
and bringing them into the promised land. They were remembering these things, how God acted big. He split a river for crying out loud so that they could walk across on dry ground. They're remembering how God has acted in their lives. And we can do the same thing in our prayer. Remember how God has acted in our lives. And front and center, of course, should always be thanking God for giving us Jesus, right? When he sent Jesus that first Christmas with the sole purpose of growing up, living his life perfectly on our behalf, fulfilling the law, and then dying on the cross as the perfect sacrifice to cover up all our sins. This is something we can definitely remember because God has already acted in that way. But we can also remember how God has acted in our individual lives. How has he acted in your lives? Has he blessed you or your family before? Maybe he, you can remember how he has uh, blessed you in other ways. Gotten you through a tough situation when you didn't even realize it at the time. Do you know what I'm talking about? Sometimes when you're in a cruddy situation, you're in the thick of it, and you feel like God's being silent, and there's nothing going on. Has anybody ever felt that way? Some of you have heard this. Some of the newer members might not have heard this. But back in 2015, 16, I was at rock bottom in my life, and that's when I decided to go to the seminary. And I didn't want to be a pastor, so here I am. But in the midst of that, I was a miserable husband. I was a miserable father. I was just miserable. But you know what? When I look back at that now, I can see how God was acting in my life to get me to where I am right now. And I hope you guys can see that too when you're in the thick of something. You may not see God acting because you're so much in the thick of it, but God is there acting, working. Always, just like he still was with the Israelites here. There's a phrase that I just read there. No eye has seen a God besides you who acts for those who wait for him. You see, the Israelites had a problem of worshiping gods. Now, we can also identify with them. Now, we may not be crafting gods. They were literally crafting gods out of wood and gold and other things. I hope you're not doing that, by the way, but we make gods in other ways, don't we? Maybe it's your phone, maybe it's money, maybe it's your job, maybe it's your family. Maybe it's this, maybe it's that, maybe it's a football team. I stand convicted before you. You know, this always reminds me, and I've said this before, my parents were missionaries in Thailand, and when I went over to visit them, they have these spirit houses and statues of Buddha literally everywhere in the country, everywhere you go. The spirit houses are on the corners of their properties because that protects them from evil spirits. And then they have statues of Buddha everywhere. And the people there put food in front of these things. So some of these things we'd walk by, the food's rotting. And another thing that we saw in front of these things is red pop. Apparently, Buddha likes red pop. I'm not making this up. But guess what? It was never drank. Why? Because he doesn't exist. 
And that's what's going on here. They realize all these other gods are nothing. They don't do anything except God, our God does. He acts in big ways. Now we get to the fourth part, third part of this prayer. Go back to Isaiah chapter 64. Behold, you were angry and we sinned. In our sins we have been a long time and shall we be saved? We have all become like one who is unclean and all our righteous deeds are like a polluted garment. We all fade like a leaf and our iniquities, like the wind, take us away. There is no one who calls upon your name, who rouses himself to take hold of you. For you have hidden your face from us and have made us melt in the hand of our iniquities. The third part of our prayer is a prayer of repentance. A prayer of confessing our sins. You know, this is always a very important part of any of our prayers. You know, it's good for us to remember that it's not just the sin in this world and the evil that's all around us that has screwed our lives up, but it's our own sin. We all fall short and are deserving of eternal punishment because of our sins. It says there in those verses I read, our righteous deeds are like a polluted garment. Even our good works are stained with sin. And Advent is the perfect time for us to remember how far we fall short and in need of Jesus. And if you notice, we didn't do our confession absolution before because I wanted to do it right now. In the midst of this Advent prayer here in Isaiah, let's take a moment now, confessing our sins to our Heavenly Father. Amen. In those verses there, it said, shall we be saved, question mark? The answer is yes. Because of Jesus and the first coming, the one who died on that cross shed his blood. Because of that, each and every one of your sins are completely forgiven. And we praise God for that each and every day. And so we remember that. We confess our sins and remind ourselves that we need that forgiveness. And so now we get to the fourth and final part of this Advent prayer here in Isaiah chapter 64. But now, O Lord, you are our Father. We are the clay and you are our potter. We are all the work of your hand. Be not so terribly angry, O Lord, and remember not iniquity forever. Behold, please look, we are all your people. 
And so now we have a prayer for trust and patience. The fourth part of our prayer here. You know, we are saved. We are saved, amen? And because of Jesus' life, death, and resurrection, we get to be with him in heaven forever when he comes the second time. Amen again? But now we wait for deliverance from this world and from the sin around us. So we pray for patience as we wait. He is the potter. We are just the clay. We wait patiently. Who likes to wait patiently for anything? Anybody? It's tough, isn't it? But that's why we pray to God for strength that we can wait patiently, but not just wait patiently. Stay strong in our faith so that our faith is unwavering in the midst of all the evil that is around us in this world. And as we wait, we don't just wait, we stay busy. We, are, we stay ready. We stay awake. We repent. We remember. We reflect on how God has worked in our lives. And we do the good works that God has prepared for us, each and every one of us, to do. And finally, you know, Jesus sums this up all very beautifully here in Mark chapter 13. When Jesus says these words to his disciples shortly before he is crucified on the cross for us, he says this, Therefore stay awake, for you do not know when the master of the house will come, in the evening or at midnight, or when the rooster crows, or in the morning, lest he come suddenly and find you asleep. And what I say to you, I say to all, stay awake. Amen.